Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. Hello, everybody. Welcome. We're here at the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. I want to let you guys know where we're at. So, If you're just joining us, we are going through guiding you on your journey and dream for a custom home. And it's something you've been thinking about. And so you've found us somewhere searching online or heard from somebody about getting a custom home designed. We are about 12 episodes into discussing the process. And to recap really quick, you want to start out with discovery. Discovery of yourself discovery of your property, and discovery of the things that are going to affect it. And I call that the DNA. Dreams, which is what you want, yourself, nature, what's on your property, and effects, which is A, which is codes, money, external things that are going to affect your project. And we've gone through that entire process of discovery, and where we're at right now is getting into the actual design phase in earnest. And the first step is kind of going back to the dreams part, which is schematic design. So there's schematic design, design development, and construction documents is the chunk of the series that we're in right now. We talked about the floor plan last week and what that can mean to you. And it was just an intro like to get you thinking about the importance of your floor plan. And it's not so much just a thing that's there and you want a floor plan that looks pretty. It's really how to get yourself into that plan and make it something that you can connect with and how to extract that information. And I want to come back to that again to give you more information. And of course, the full information for designing an amazing plan for you comes in the design process. So today, and I mentioned this last week, we're going to be talking about massing. So you have your floor plan and you could just jump and say what does this floor plan look like outside well there's actually an overall mass so in abstract thinking people might call it a foam model for in the car industry everyone loves those commercials where you see the clay model right they're like just making the shape of the car out of clay they're very like seductive like the person's hands going on these curves and so a building has that too it has a profile in art when you're drawing They will tell you, take your drawing, and what you want to do is do the silhouette check. So if you trace the drawing and make it all black, and you trace the drawing with an outline and those two things, it still has a strong image, then you you have a good piece of visual communication in that regard. And so a building is the same way. It has massing. We know that everybody wants a, a beautiful home, and what beautiful, what is beautiful changes all the time, right? So in five years from now, whatever was trendy or cool now is not going to be anymore. Whatever was pretty 30 years ago is most likely going to start to reemerge. And that's kind of what goes has been going on the past uh, couple centuries or so. But it may also be hard for you to decide which one of those things. So there's not just one thing that's cool right now. There's a few things. But I would argue all that goes away when you've done your research in that DNA and you've discovered what is really important to you. And I know that the way your house feels has a great capacity to make you feel certain things throughout your life. I'm just going to mention this now. I was talking with someone the other day and I was like, when I'm designing a bedroom for somebody or when someone's designing their bedroom, 
and I mean this in a sincere way, that's where human life is actually created, you know, more oftentimes than not. It could be another part of the house or someone's dinner might be where they reconnect with a family member that they haven't seen in 10 years. There's all these life experiences that are just so beautiful and what make life so magical. You know, you might like think about this. Even in your garage, you might teach your kid how to ride their bike out that garage that first time, you know, or on their tri tricycle or something. And I want everyone to have the access and the ability to think of their home that way. The presence of your house on your street, the presence of your house when you drive up to it also tells you a story. I mean, people have tried to do things like different eras. People have tried to communicate their government in different ways, like if you look at the Scottish Parliament building, it's very, very inviting. Like there's lots of avenues for people to come in from the street and the scale and proportion of everything is meant to connect. And it's also designed to feel very different than anywhere else because they wanted it to be their own. Then you can go the opposite direction of that. And like fascists made everything bigger. All the handrails are bigger, steps bigger, windows bigger to make people feel like there was something more powerful than them. When you go into a church, the proportions lift you up and tries to draw you to another realm, right? Well, and a lot of other religious buildings do the same thing. The home has that same power for you. But since it's your custom home, you're getting to shape that. And I believe Leon Alberti, I just read recently, I've been reading this book called Sacred Geometry, which I want to talk about more because it's super fascinating when it comes to design, says that uh, a home, not a home, excuse me, every building should appear as a complete organism. And when I think when he wrote appear, I don't think he means it looks like a complete organism. Like, look, that looks like a frog or that looks like a leaf. It appears in this world as something that's fully functioning, a an a, a ecosystem unto itself, like all the rooms and functions and devices that are in the house are that way, but it all culminates in a massing. And the massing is affected in two ways, right? So you could say, you could say, I want my house to look like a colonial house. Or you could say, I mean, I've seen people that's like, I want my house to look like glasses, right? Like that's a thing that's, that someone has done before. And then you already have this picture. And then you're like, and now let's stick all these rooms inside of it. And yes, you can do that. But I would hope to think that we're thinking of the thing as complementing each other. So you, the home will grow, the massing, the shape of the home is going to grow out of the things that you want to do in the home, the feelings, experiences that you want to have in that home, and the also the things that you want to put in it, because you will have things that you put in it. And I also think that the things that go in it are can be designed and should be designed along with it in many cases. So that shape is going to uh, emerge from that. So that's the dreams part. Now, I do want to clue you in a little bit further down the line from schematic design to the, like the construction documents part, which is more like code related. We do have a external factor and nature that are affecting the sculptural capacity or the massing of the site. So now while this episode's mainly on schematic design and like what you want, if you think about you have a property with a slope or something, you know, in Florida we're extremely flat. And so the way we touch the ground with the building is very important. When you're on a slope, the way that you 
connect with that incline because people generally want to be on a flat surface, how you touch down there affects the sculptural capacity of the site. But you also have different factors that tell you from the city, you've got to be this far away from this tree. You've got to be this far away from your neighbor. You're allowed to bring your stairs up this close to the front. If you put a garage in the back, then it's going to go here. If you put it on the side, it's got to go two feet from the front. Different things like that, which already start to form and shape that. So we're in a chicken and egg scenario where you want to do this with your home and then you check you check it against the other parts of the DNA and it begins to shape it. And, and that's the beauty. So I want to remind you too that your home pretty much exists already. And your home, with all those different factors at this point in our perception of history or time or whatever, is existing, right? And so the, when we go through this process, we are allowing that to emerge from our dream so that we can actually live in, in that thing. We talked about the building as an organism. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to talk about something. So I you know, often say I'm a minimalist architect or I'm a minimalist. And that is because it's not about the smallness of the space. It's about allowing the space to emerge and minimizing the things that we're adding to it. And there's two allegories for different design tendencies that, that there have been in the world. In around 2000s and around the 2000s, there was this Dutch tendency for hyper-rationalism. And I think, I forget, the firm was Rex and OMA. There was, Rex came out of OMA. And their idea was like, okay, you want a bedroom that's 10 feet by 10 feet or 12 feet by 12 feet, whatever. It's a little den, not a full bedroom at 10 by 10. You know, like you just take all the things you want, pile them up with Legos. Then you look at them and then you figure out the code and you move the things like that. So that is the process we're doing. But they were like very, very hyper into it. And that that to them was literally it was like rationalize everything. And minimalism has that capacity with more with a with the warmth of your emotion in it and not just the program. And then there is Toyo Ito and Japan. And I don't know if he does this with every building, but it's something that you can consider for your house. And this particular thing I do like and he designed this beautiful library in Sendai, Japan, which is like this, it had to be like earthquake uh, resistant and all these different things affecting it. And he said his goal was to have no architecture. And his goal was each side of the building was going to relate to the way the sun and the seasons affected the building, the way the building reacted to earthquakes and the way that people were going to move through the building. And he and when you look at it, a beautiful piece of architecture did emerge. But he didn't set out to draw a picture of something pretty. He set out to provide this library experience for people to enjoy going to read. And I, I don't think it was just read. I think it was like like most libraries now are more like technologically based. So that's how it emerged. So I think it's like if you look up Sendai Media Tech and you see the way they designed the thickness of the floor is like beautiful, but it related to the things they needed to do or the stairwells are, are beautiful, but it, it was related to um, 
what was going on there. And another example of that too that actually does more houses is MVRDV, and they were Dutch as well. And that's what I'm trying to attract your attention to is don't just take your pictures. When we're in this massing state, we're going to be thinking about how that makes you feel, what presence do you want. I mean, different masses communicate different things. Something that's looming over you may have kind of like a surreal or sublime feeling where something that's receding away from you may feel shy or more private to itself. Different things like that. Things with more texture may feel more tactile, where something that's smoother may feel more visual. Something that's super flat may feel, excuse me, may feel more visual to you. And you're going to go through those things. Which one of those are you wanting in each different space or part of your house? And if it seems like these are hard to decide by this point, I don't really think it will be because, or I know from experience that it won't be because you've gone through the research to decide these things as you're moving through the discovery process now into the floor plan and massing of your home. And so last week I said I was going to talk about design as well, but it's almost like we're here because once you're figuring out, hey, part of my program is I want a, a porch to greet people or I want a foyer pause sequence when I come into the house and then my house is on this slope and the city is telling me I've got to be 25 feet from the street and I need a porch that's at least seven feet wide. I've got a project right now where those are exact things that are going on. All of that pretty much forms and then we want as much light as we can have and we needed the minimum of 25% glass on the front of the building. So after the door, we filled up the wall going out to the porch with a lot of glass. So just right there, that painted this building into existence on that part of it. And then the whole thing does that as well. And about two months ago, oh yeah, it was on my anniversary, I went to Tulum. And this is going to go back to the fashion thing a little bit. We went to Tulum and there was buildings there that are the pyramids, but also the city. And the way they're laid out is so beautiful to this day, like a UNESCO World Heritage Site, I believe, and one of the seven wonders of the modern world or seven wonders of the world. I can't remember exactly which one, but it's been assigned great significance and its structure and beauty is enduring in a a way that you know I would consider part of the sacred geometry. The alignments and ratios in that house are ones that are like, not house, there are houses there, but there's a house, a temple, an offering place, there's a sports court that's part of the complex, and a watering building. All are designed with these sacred ratios and proportions. And I want to clarify that Sacred, while that does mean God, sacred in the sense of architecture and geometry is a practical sacred thing. It's sacred in the sense that it's true. So like the golden ratio is true. Our prime numbers are true the way we look at them. You can have different primes, but there's different things that we've analyzed in the world. And those are remaining as long as the world remains in this capacity and we move through it and three dimensions and experience it in four or somewhat in that capacity, it's going to continue that way. And so implementing those things into your home is very important along with ergonomics. And that will 
which ergonomics is another topic we'll talk about later. And that is going to greatly impact your home. So if we can combine what you want along with the effects, but also remember to implement ratio and measure to create that experience that will be lasting for you, you're less likely to get caught up in in like the finickiness of like, oh, no, this isn't, or like, or regret, selection regret that some people can get. And you can rest assured when you go back to the research you've done that you're making the choices that you want. So early on in this process, we're just going over the main topics that we're going to get in into. And next week, we're, we may jump into design development, which is getting more into the feeling and the way th- things are done, the construction methods, materials. And I may also overlap that. And that's, that's getting back into the effects. We may overlap that a little bit more with the design capacity, because I do believe everybody wants to think about what the design of the home is. But I, the real clutch or the key I want to leave you with is that it is based in knowing your dreams, understanding the nature of your site and the effects. I'm just going to keep pounding that home because that's the key thing. But in this part of it, discovering the massing through those things is what's going to create the home, not the trendiness and not just trying to decide, oh, this is a cool thing. And what we want to come up with for you and want you to have is your home of your dreams that you live in. And I want to thank you so much for listening to us today. And as usual, we'd love to, first, I'd just like to say, we'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast. If there is specific topics you want to talk about, I do record special episodes aside from kind of the trajectory of trying to guide you on the path of designing a home. So we would love to hear what is important to you specifically, what questions you have, and I can bring those up here. And you can check us out on ca-rd.com. You can hear other people's stories about their experience designing a home, a custom home or project. And you can get some more resources by going to book a consultation. So if you own your property and you want to start going through the process of discovering the potential of your property, you can do that. And if you are just interested in learning about home and what it takes to build a custom home, whatever point you're at or whatever piece of it you're looking at, we're here for you as well. We'd love to provide you a consultation for that. So thank you so much for listening to the card custom home and architecture podcast today and hope you'll be with us next time just want to say thank you again see you next time on the card custom home and architecture podcast thanks thank you for listening to the card custom home and architecture podcast if you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want discussed or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.